Attention, Attention duelists. duelists. Welcome to Draw Sense Podcast. I'm Rana. I'm HR Forges. And we've been on hiatus. I want to let all of our viewers know that this was planned. We've really had a couple of slow news weeks with Dual Links, and we really didn't want to put out anything that was not quality content. So now that we actually have something to report on, we're back. Plus the dogs ate our recordings, so can't do much about it. The the dogs ate our recordings. Yeah, so. um, we did we did make some attempts. They were bad. Yeah. We scrapped them. Oh, no, 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 they were great. They were awesome. But, like, the dogs ended up eating the recordings. I don't even have a dog, so that's that's quite a feat. I didn't say our dogs. I, I don't have an aggressive dog. So, like, I think... I, I don't think, know. You know. That it's... would imply, I mean, who let the dogs out? That's a good question. Was it Konami? I... Like, they did who? with the ban list? Who? Who? <laughs> Anyway, now that we've gotten that really bad 90s joke out of the way, first, before we get into our podcast, I'd love to plug all of our social medias, like, subscribe, all that good shit. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. You can listen to it, you can go onto our website, and you can listen to us in as no less as eight different platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Breaker, Listen Notes, Radio Public, and YouTube. So by the time that you are listening to this, you have your choice and your pick of where you can listen to us so let's first go into what we've been up to for me there was like no news for like two weeks and it sucked a lot it sucked ass i didn't even log in much honestly i always log in at least like one time a day like it was just there's nothing it was like a desert we had casey cup and we honestly had like a rehashed dd tower not even really any leaked cards so we made an executive decision not to release an episode over nothing until we had something because we wanted to only make the quality content for our fans so now we're here so now there's a lot going on in dual links ever since our last recording it's exploding so now we've got new character got a new box we've got a ban list we've got we've got so much going on just dropped last like 24 to 48 hours hot off the press so i'm going to hand it off to hr forges to talk a little bit more about what they've been up to and then we're going to get into the news i've got a similar response as to what rana did during the past couple of weeks it was you know there was tumbleweeds there was nothing much really going on i had some fun with messing around with stuff with kc cup but like there was nothing to really be all that interested about and that happens from time to time with games that are constantly updated there's always like dry periods so i'm not upset at konami for that but it's just a part of this game as for this week oh it's been information after information the ban list dropped not that like only like I think maybe a handful of hours ago. By the time that this podcast is live, it'll have been out for maybe a day or two because it takes us a little bit of time to edit, meaning me, it takes me a little bit of time to edit. But we're recording this and all this stuff's hot off the press. Yeah, that ban list is set to take effect. Not just the ban list, but also the skill changes are set to take effect a bit over a week from now. Closer to two weeks, actually. But regardless, it's not anything that's going to affect us super soon. But at the start of the month of March, so that may or may not be after this podcast comes out, that's when the new box drops, which has been getting a lot of juices flowing for me. I've been doing a lot of theory crafting and such. That's pretty much where I've been at in regards to Duel Links as of late. Basically, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of our viewers too it's just been a couple of weeks of not really anything super exciting going on if you've played the game for like a little more than a year dd towers probably was only exciting to you if if you didn't have axel beforehand now suddenly there's an explosion of so much stuff you know we're here we're here again we're out of hiatus 
let's segue into news. As we know, there's a new character that's been dropped. I was right. Both right. New legendary duelist, Antimony. Bruno Antimony. We're both right. Whatever. That's very exciting. I've been working towards getting Antimony every day now since he dropped. And we got even like some new cards. We got that really cool. Yeah, the one that um, Konami gave to everyone. Yeah, Yeah. the Japanese spirit said to repel the plague by showing the copy of itself to people. That is definitely Konami. Like whatever works, man. Like COVID-19, fuck you. That's very topical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, you know, Konami was like, I don't even care anymore. If like, if we're going into like Shinto Japanese spirits, like whatever will work. Like, please let us have worlds in person, (laughs) you know? They're just like, please, anything. I don't care if we send it to all of our duelists. Um, So we've got that um, and some new card sleeves with that. We got ban list dropped. It's going to take effect soon, as we mentioned before. Top three deck lists were released. Cowboy Collins at the gate. New box, very exciting. There's a lot. And then also, um, for in-game news, I'm going to hand this off to HR Forgers because in March, we've got a full schedule. And I'm very excited, especially for what's going to drop late March. So I'm going to hand it off to you. Just the other day, I think it was a couple of days ago now, as of time of recording, as Konami likes to do, they sort of put out a rough calendar of their schedule for the next month or so. So we're just going to go over that real quickly. In early March, we're going to get a mission circuit with a card that you can get from there being Twilight Rose Knight. You'll actually notice a bit of a trend with a lot of the cards that we're about to mention through these upcoming events. There's more plant types than not, and that's very topical considering that the new box has a new plant deck in it, but we'll get to that when we get there. That was the mission circuit. Up next in also early March, the Turbo Duel Grand Prix, that awesome Turbo Duel PvP event that duelists love to play all the sarcasm by the way they're including in there the UR card Tomato King plus the SR card Tomato in Tomato Tomato and Tomato for our American viewers same difference again they fit with the plant theme that is going to be present in the box that's also coming out early March I think it's going to come around the same time as both these events moving on to mid-March we have the tour guide bingo where we can get a new Xyz monster it's going to be a UR called number 44 Sky Pegasus after that there will be an event with a new character that it appears it doesn't say unlock event I'm assuming it's going to be that thing Konami does where They put the character out in an event, but they're not obtainable. And then a few weeks later, they put out the event again, but then the character's obtainable. This one's going to be another 5Ds character. It's more than likely going to be Aporia. However, it could also potentially be one of or all three of the three Pure Nobles. It could honestly be either simply because the quote refers to Mechlord Emperor. That's a series of cards in the anime both Aporia and the Pure Nobles wielded the Mechlord Emperors. It could honestly be either. I'm probably going to lean towards Aporia though as my prediction on that one. But honestly, like, I barely remember them if at all from the anime. That's why I'm leaning towards Aporia because it's a single character, but I could be wrong. Moving on after that is the Duel Links mission research. It will be giving us the Xyz monster 
Alchemic Magician as an SR card. That would be good for Spellcaster decks. I think, if I remember correctly, it's a, like, alright card. So, like, that'll be fun. In late March, Agami is going to be available to duel at the gate. Yeah, Agami in Dark Side of Dimensions. We're also going to be able to obtain the skill Neutralization if you don't already have it. So, they're probably just going to put it as a mission like they do with other event skills. Yeah, for people who weren't there for, like, the event when they had it. Yeah, they make it so you didn't lose your chance forever. Exactly. You just had to wait until, well, late March, as it seems. <laughs> yeah. The next thing... Oh, I'm so excited for this one. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I'm ready. I've even got a special guest. I'm ready for this event. Okay, let's go. Yes, yes. Drum roll. It is 100% the most exciting part so of this calendar that they put out. Now, we must put out in advance that we're only speculating, but our speculation is on pretty solid ground because there's no... They like to do with their new legendary duelists, which this event will be. It will be an unlock event. <sighs> I'm excited. The quote for it is, Go dice roll. Who's that sound like to you, Rada? I'm not I sure. I think someone's that... <laughs> bringing sexy back. I That's just right. That really Duke Devlin. I'm going to get a complaint from my neighbors. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, that's right. Duke Devlin so is bringing sexy back. I'm happy for this. Again, we're just assuming, but I think it's a safe assumption since when you think of dice roll, as far as characters go, the Duke is immediately the first one you think of. I've looked into all of the characters of literally every single season, including ones that we don't have yet, just to go cover all bases. Duke Devlin is the only one that really makes sense. Only other characters that ever really have anything to do with dice rolls heavily. Joey, he's already in there twice and the rest of them are relatively not important that being said we did get scud in dsod unimportant characters can make it in yeah but he's like a special secret unlock i wouldn't put it past them throw us a curveball but fingers crossed it's duke devlin fingers crossed hopefully the roll of the dice will be in our favor i'm so <laughs> fucking excited <laughs> we gotta hope that the dice lands on a 20 and not a one yeah d20 Let's go. The last thing in their little calendar was improvements they're making to the dual screen. So like the UI within duels. They didn't really say much about what they're changing, but they did mention the dual screen plus the versus splash screen. You know how when you play against other players and it sort of has that your name plus icon dueling against the other person. And it's got like the country flag. That's the screen they're referring to. I don't know what the change will be. I'm hoping personally that what they do is they make it so that, you know, how it shows all of your event completions and it just scrolls through it all rapidly. I hope they revamp that because like at the moment it's just the players who have them all it just sort of speed runs through them all because it hasn't got a lot of time to show them and the players who haven't got many it just feels like a static and uninteresting thing. Oh you were in tag duel tournament six completed wow. Yeah exactly whereas if I duel against Rana specifically you can't even recognize them because they're going by so fast. They're just because I'm a completionist and I have almost everyone that's been released except for maybe the ones that are like oh second i think i even have a second stage duelist yeah i have almost every single one so it's like you duel against me and it's like yeah exactly it's just like when does it end spare me from this hell yeah <laughs> 
Personally, I just hope they revamp that. It makes it feel like the players who did go through the trouble to get as many as they have, it's just a rapid-fire group of words that is unrecognizable for the most part. It's not even intimidating, it's just confusing and dizzying. I think it can be intimidating if you already know what's up, but if you're a new player and you're just seeing this rapid-fire of words, it's like, what, like, do I need to pay attention to that? Is this a glitch? Like, what's going on? I feel like that would be a good thing to change, but they're not specifying what they're doing we'll just have to wait until late march to find out i am hoping that they're gonna make that a little less dizzying i do feel like when i duel people who've only had a couple titles it's like okay so i get it you only do the pvp like hr forges but then you see somebody like me and it's like a blur because they're just trying to get through all of it it's like okay so you're like me and you're just like you completionist we're just probably on the same level i guess i don't know the only reason it's a problem is because the splash screen is only going to be there for a set amount of time it does not care how many titles you have. I think if they are going to improve it, like we both said, we both hope they do. My idea would just to be make that box bigger so you can fit more at one time and so it doesn't have to move by so fast. Let's be real though, this is something we spent a lot of time talking about and we've got much more interesting stuff to go through. We have so much more interesting stuff to talk about and we've already spent too much time on this on literally UI changes that don't affect gameplay. So let's move swiftly on. So let's move on. Now that we've gone over what is coming up in March, so now you can kind of anticipate the next month or so. Very exciting. Let's talk a little bit more about what we mentioned at the beginning. What's going on right now? We got a new character, Antimony, right? I was right. We were right. And we got a ban list that just dropped. We've got new box. Let's first talk a little bit about Antimony. Did you have any particular thoughts you wanted to talk about on that? Because I know you've watch a little bit more 5DS than I have, which is more than zero. I just wanted to go over the basics of the event. We can't unlock Antinomi until March 1st. Today is, for me, February 27th. Australia's ahead of it. For me, it's February 26th, stuck in the past. What a metaphor for America, right? <laughs> well, no, most of the rest of the world is in the past for me. So March 1st refers to, like your time zone runner. So like for me, I won't get Antinomi until March 2nd, I'm pretty sure. The interesting part comes in with the fact that the new box that was just officially announced today, the box comes out March 1st for me, but it will be the last day of February for everyone else. Simply because when boxes come out for me, they generally come out super early in the morning. Most of the rest of the world is still on the previous day. For most people, I'm pretty sure it comes out the last day of February. The reason why I wanted to bring up when the box comes out is because Antinomi, like I said, he becomes unlockable March 1st. The new box has TG cards in it, and obviously, if you've been looking at the event, playing the event, or even know the character, you'll know that he plays with TG cards. It's nicely well-timed, and I think there's one card in particular that's in the box that will make TGs actually worth messing around with. I like that we have a smaller gap this time. We had a much bigger gap with Kite and Kite's themed box, so we had to wait a bit longer, and it was a bit janky to make a deck, whereas here, it's literally a day at most. It'll to actually be able to jump right in with a TG deck. And I should say, like we mentioned in our last episode, Kite Tenjo 
I do think even that was a lot of steps up from the last few times they've released a new character. With Kaitenjo, if you leveled him up, even maybe just about level 20. Mid-20s at most, even? By level 22, I had almost a full Galaxy Eyes deck. They even, with Kaitenjo, they have clearly made vast improvement. It used to be, if they released a character, you'd get like one or two cards. You don't even get Blue Eyes with original Kaiba, just as an example. Yeah, no, you, that was a login campaign. Yeah, exactly. Like, you do sort of, but you don't get it as a level up. Probably not the best example. Red Eyes with Joey. You get the one copy when you unlock Joey, and that's it. The rest you have to get through other means, but you can't just level up Joey to get him. Yeah. Just like DM, right? And he only had one copy. Konami has improved drastically the past couple of times they've dropped a character with their timing, with being able to get their full deck and being able to fully utilize the character, their skills. I think for a while it was a little frustrating because like I mentioned in last episode, at the very beginning they would give you their ace monster, like one copy. Then they stopped and they just made it, oh, you can get their ace monster through a skill. But now that they've kind of found a better balance to increase hype about the character, increase usability about the character. They usually introduce with a lot of those characters a bit of a weird downside. You say, for example, right, if you don't have a Stardust Dragon, you have to play his skill to get it. But to play his skill, you also have to include, I think it's Junk Synchron. You have to include two cards that you either build your deck around working with or they're just bad cards in your deck. It's a bit upsetting. And then it wasn't until Zexal where they sort of went, hey, here's a free Utopia. And also it's got this other effect in the skill where if Utopia is in the grave or whatever, I don't remember exactly. And like that was a bit better because it was like there was no downside to the skill. And you still got access to the card they've just sort of improved on that over time more and more specifically with antinomy i've found his skills one of his skills when we unlock antinomy literally adds one two three four five synchro monsters to your extra deck at the start of the duel and it doesn't add anything to your main deck there's no stipulation to it at all and then the second half of the effect just says that if you have synchro summon two or more tg synchro monsters you can just play one of the synchro monsters that they add to your extra deck straight from your extra deck for free. Three for the price of two. That's a really big step forward. Not only are they giving you five, they're giving you five cards in your extra deck plus an actual like skill on top of that. That's a big step forward in terms of allowing players to play the deck. It's a huge improvement. With what we're seeing now with Antimony, as I mentioned in Tenjo's episode last time, I'm liking the changes I'm seeing with how they are releasing characters because I feel they finally get it. They finally have figured out, okay, this is what players need to actually be excited about characters. Because there's been characters that have been released, like Sartorius Kumar in GX, where I got the character and I... That was probably one of... I level up all of my characters to at least level 30, right? I'm very perfectionistic that way. Sartorius took me so fucking long to level up because his deck is so impossible to get and it's so like hard to use. To be fair, his deck is just bad. <laughs> his deck is bad, but not just that. Even to get the bad deck, you have to like do all of this stuff and hunt it down and it was, it's just 
miserable. I ended up just using an outside deck. Even then, like none of the skills worked with it. So I had to go skillless. It was just a miserable, miserable time. There's just some characters that they've dropped that you think, oh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be exciting. And just the way that Konami set them up was not only disappointing, but frustrating. So I'm really glad after suffering Sartorius, I feel that these past few characters, I'm just very, very glad that they've done so much better. And that makes me even more excited for if and when they drop Duke Devlin. I was just thinking the same thing. Oh my god. But the problem is, he's not really known for that many cards, you know what I mean? No, but he does have an archetype, and I do feel that any dice-related cards they could make work with his deck. That's true. The majority of the dice-based cards we currently have are Archfiend cards. A lot of the Archfiend cards gimmick is, hey, roll a dice, chaos happens. Either it's good for me or bad for you. That's sort of their whole gimmick. But outside of them, we don't have a lot of dice roll cards that aren't associated with that archetype. I think, actually, they might have been waiting for the time to introduce Duke, to start to introduce more dice-based cards. I could be totally wrong there. Even before we got Sartorius, we had more coin flip cards than dice roll cards. Yeah. We've continued to get more coin flip versus dice roll. I'm feeling good, like you said, about the potential of that event being good based off of Antinomia and Kite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, the only question I have for Konami about Duke Devlin is why did you release Tristan first? Why? <laughs> to be fair, they did that for memes. Wasn't it like, oh, Tristan's an infection? It was like such a joke. Oh, the true hero of Yu-Gi-Oh! Haha. But then they actually did it. Why? 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 Am I right in remembering that at first it was, oh, Tristan was a computer virus of sorts? No, he was a monkey. He was like a robotic monkey, but even even when they released him, he was like cursed cowboy Tristan or some shit. They really just used him as a joke character and then actually put him in. And then you got all these joke card sleeves and these joke game mats. And I was like, okay, ah, you can stop now. And then they're like, no, actually, we're, we're going to give you Tristan. And I'm like, why are you, why do you hate me? Why Konami? I thought you cared. Can I just say that we somehow went from talking about the exciting new character to going back to talking about Duke. Yeah, sorry. Let's get back to the present and stop looking forward. Yeah, we'll get there in about a month's time, so it's fine. We'll get there in a month's time and I'm going to be freaking out the whole yes. time. Yes. Just to anticipate that, because I am a DM lover at heart. I do think 5DS is a great series as well. They're all great in their own way. For people like me who are a little older, those are the ones that stick with you. Focusing back on Antimony, I'm excited. Excited to play the new archetype that they're dropping. Let's use that to segue into the new box and how that is going to be playing into Antimony's archetypes. If I'm going to be perfectly honest about the box in regards to Antinomi, I was expecting uh, one of the cards he's using in the event. I assumed it was going to be put into a box, but it seems that it's not going to be in this box. And if it's anything like the kite event, it actually might just end up being a level up reward. I was originally expecting for the card TG Striker to end up in the box because it's a really good card. Based off of how Konami dealt with kite and 
and just literally everything in that event that Kite used has either been added in the box or as a level up card. The majority of the things I thought were going to be in boxes were level up cards. The only thing that wasn't was Photon Thrasher. With TG Striker, like TG Striker is a really good card because it's a generic card, like in the sense that you can play that in non-TG Jets, which is how it was mostly used in the TCG. That's why I expect it to go into a box because multiple decks can get use out of it. So more money for Konami, but they decided not to do that. So hopefully it comes as a level up reward. But the card that did make it into the box for TGs, two of them actually in the UR slots. I'm not going to talk about the level 12 Synchro because that's sort of just like main monster of his. It's the, you know, blue eyes, Stardust Dragon type deal. I'm not going to talk about that because that's more the character association thing. And I think it's one of those cards where if you're making it, because it's not easy to make, if you're going to make it, you're probably already winning anyway because it requires a Tuna Synchro Monster plus two non-Tuna Synchro Monsters. That's not easy to do in Duel Links with only three Monster Zones. I'm not going to talk about that one, but the other two URTG cards are actually newer as far as being released in the TGG. A lot of the TG cards came out around the 5Ds era and a little bit after, but both TG Screw Serpent and Drillfish are actually two of the newer ones. I think we talked about this last episode, or if not, I was just talking to myself one day, who knows, <laughs> that cards that are a part of an older archetype, but were printed years later, are generally really good cards. I'm glad that we still got some really good cards for TGs. They're not the only two, but they're the two in the UR slots. As far as relation to Antonomi goes, this box, it's a little bit loose on it. We've got a couple of, we've got those UR cards, we've got a couple of SRs, a few R and N cards. For the most part, it's fairly light on TG cards. Part of that is because TG isn't a super big archetype. It does make sense, but at the same time, that just means that there's more space for other cards in here, which I'm a fan of. I'm always a fan of there being a variety of cards in a box. Is there anything about this box that you want to talk about, Rana, before I jump into some more spicy stuff? You want me to talk about Witch of the Black Forest, don't you? Is that what you want to talk about? I don't know. I can't read your mind. How much do I want to reveal to my listeners? Especially knowing my mom. <laughs> my mom's a devoted listener. <laughs> the, the TLDR is that Witch of the Black Forest has a special place in your heart. Yes, it does. The thing is, Witch of the Black Forest has been released previously in Selection Box Mini Volume 2. So I already have two copies, but this is the first time that it will be available anytime in a box, Antonomic Theory. Freely available for anyone. Freely available for anybody at any time, not just the once a year selection boxes, okay? So... Witch of the Black Forest. I mean, you already know if you go on my website, I like to write, and I especially like to write fanfiction. This card figured prominently in a fanfiction I've never published. Most of them I've never published. It's also been lost forever, possibly. I'm not going to get into that right now. I was inspired by this card to have it be a part of a storyline in one of the fanfictions that I wrote because that's the type of fanfiction writer I am. And I gave this person who personified Witch of the Black Forest like a whole persona where, you know, like you look at the card's effect. If the card's sent from the field to the graveyard, add one monster with 15 or 100 less defense from your deck to your hand. I had the whole effect of like, oh yeah, like this person was non-binary like myself. They could like summon monsters in battle, like all kinds of stuff. 
who knows why we like certain cards over other ones, right? Like, there's no particular reason. I just thought that Witch of the Black Forest was a cool card. I included it in a fanfiction once, and I told HR Forges, and HR Forges thought that was just amazing to share. So now here we are, and you all know my deep, dark secret. Um, <laughs> the only other comments I have about this box is Mystical Space Typhoon this is the first time we're going to be seeing this card at all in Dual Links, and that's kind of exciting. And here's why. I'm going to hand off to HR Forges. We'll see if I actually include this in the recording or not. We'll see how ballsy I am. We'll see if it ends up on the cutting room floor or not. Um, so just to make a quick note, we both sort of view new cards in a different way. I like to read over every card and think back to what's already in the game and see if my brain can come up with anything to do with those new cards. I like to theory craft before we even get the cards or even while I'm trying to get the cards, etc. Like before even having the cards, I like to theory craft about it. I'm very into building decks around interesting concepts or just in general, I like to do the theory of deck building before I even have the cards to do it. Whereas Rana likes to fill cards out by using them. I'm totally all by experience. I just am like, let's see how this works. I just do it. You either just do it or someone does it to you and you go, oh, that's a good idea. Both your way of doing things and my way of doing things, they're both perfectly valid. It's just two different mindsets. I've had so many times I've dueled somebody in PvP and I've been like, I hate this deck. I need this deck. How do I get this deck? And then I end up like loving. <laughs> That's how I ended up with Aramages. At first, I was like, "Oh, I hate Aramages. I wonder how I I should get Aramage." Oh, oh, I love this deck. And then same with all traps cards. When those were a thing, like it's all traps, I was like, "Oh, I hate them. How do I do this?" Because we have those two totally different ways of looking at cards. Obviously, Rada's viewpoint on this box is the cards mentioned pales in comparison to the number of cards that I'm in. I've looked at this box and I go, "Okay." Just looking at the UR cards alone, I see TG Halberd Cannon. It's a level 12 Synchro. I already mentioned that it's it's not easy to summon. You're probably going to summon it with one of Antonomi's skills and rarely summon it outside of that. So it's, it's whatever. If you're summoning it, if you're in a position to make it, you're probably already in a position to win. That'll be fun to see people succeed with and it'll be just fun to watch, right? Then we move on to Bahamut Shark. It's not going to be good right now. It has potential in the future and Konami knows that by putting it as a UR. That card will eventually be good when we get some more rank 3 or lower cards that TCG players know exactly which ones I'm talking about. King of the Feral Imps is very interesting. A decent number of players know that in early Xyz era, a very fun little gimmick that you could do because King of the Feral Imps, if you don't know, is two level 4 monsters to make it and you can just attach a material to add a reptile from your deck to your hand. Now, there was this fun little gadget deck where you summon, say, red gadget then you add your other gadget, right? That doesn't matter but you summon red gadget and then you go oh i've got kage to kage in my hand where when i normal summon a monster i can special summon kage to kage guess what type kage to kage is it's a reptile so you can just then overlay your two monsters summon king of the feral imps and then add another kage to kage to hand 
So now you've got a gadget that you added to hand from summoning your other gadget and you got your Kage to Kage. You can just do the same play again next turn, right? I've already talked a lot and I've only talked about three cards. So that just highlights the, <laughs> the difference between how we approach new cards. Well, I will say one thing though. Yeah. Mystical Space Typhoon is an interesting card and here's why. We've talked about it. It's a very quick play spell. Target one spell trap card on the field. Destroy that target. Very basic, right? There's a reason why. I'm going to let HR Forges explain why this is also... There's a reason why this card's a UR. Honestly, it's a UR for the same reason Cosmic Cyclone is. It's just very easy to activate free one-for-one -one trade. You're trading your Mystical Space Typhoon for one of their spell or trap cards. Now, the key difference is that, honestly, Cosmic Cyclone is probably still a better card for two reasons. One, paying life points helps trigger some skills. And two, banishing means that there's a decent number of Bell and Trap cards that exist in Yu-Gi-Oh! that have an effect when they're destroyed and sent to the graveyard. Cosmic Cyclone says no to that because they never go to the graveyard. Whereas Mystical Space Typhoon, it's arguably worse, but the reason why I think it's actually going to be good is because, well, Cosmic Cyclone's at three, so you can't play it in decks that have cards at three. You can play Mystical Space Typhoon in those decks instead. Now, the thing that Rana was alluding to, though, was that there's a bit of a misconception and it's become a meme over the years, lovingly referred to as either MST negates or MST doesn't negate. It depends on how you're perpetrating the meme. Suffice it to say, a lot of players unknowingly think that if, say, my opponent activates their Floodgate Trap Hole, right? If I activate my Mystical Space Typhoon to destroy the Floodgate Trap Hole, my monster's still getting flipped face down, right? Because Mystical Space Typhoon slash MST doesn't actually stop the opponent's card from working. It just destroys it and gets rid of it, right? For most cases, Mystical Space Typhoon being chained to your opponent's card is going to do absolutely nothing to whether or not that card does what it's trying to do. However, if you have, for example, a continuous trap card where when it flips up, it does something straight away, then you can use your Mystical Space Typhoon. A good example of that is the card Head Judging. If your opponent activates Head Judging and uses it to negate an effect straight away, they have to do it all at the same time. So, good example, I summon my red gadget and they say, I activate my effect and my opponent activates head judging to try to negate my red gadget. If they try to negate my red gadget by flipping up the head judging that turn and then straight away at the moment of flipping it face up, trying to negate the red gadget, because that has to be all done at one time, then you can use Mystical Space Typhoon and the head judging won't do anything. But if the head judging was already face up and I summon my red gadget, they can negate my red gadget even if I Mystical Space Typhoon. And the reason for that is when you're initially activating a card, whether it's a trap card or a spell card, as soon as you put it from face down to face up, if it's a continuous card, then the card has to be on the field for its effect to work, right? Even effects like head judging, where it's not a continuous effect, it still has to be present on the board at the time of activating. Well, when you're first flipping it face up, it's in this sort of limbo state, right? It's a little bit confusing, but just think of it like you flipped up the card and the card has not quite touched the table yet. It's in between being dropped from your hand and entering the table. It's stuck in midair, right? And in that stage, you can use Head Judging's effect, but Mystical Space Typhoon can get rid of Head Judging before it's officially on the table. This is one of those really complicated, specific rulings. No matter how many times you put out the real information, there's still going to be a lot of people who go, hey, why did my Mystical Space Typhoon 
Moon not negate that card. To wrap it all up, and very simply, 9 times out of 10, the majority of the time, Mystical Space Typhoon doesn't negate because it doesn't say negate. That's the simplest way to put it. Like we've mentioned before, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and rulings are very literal with their wording. When it says target, that means a card is being targeted. When it says send... Yep, when it says send versus destroy, I mean... They're two different things. Exactly. Even though they end up in the same spot, they're actually totally different. Yep. A very good example of send and destroy is actually Ubel. If you send Ubel, Ubel doesn't get its effect, but if you destroy Ubel, then it does. Yep. Yu-Gi-Oh! is very specific. So enough about Mystical Space Typhoon. I know there's a few (laughs) more cards that you wanted to go into. Which of the Black Forest and Mystical Space Typhoon were the ones I gravitated to? But I know there's a lot more in there that HR Forges is in particular excited about. I'm not going to go super in-depth. I'm just going to speak generally. I'm liking some of the Xyz monsters they've added. Because like they've added a decent amount of generic ones. Some are better than others. But the more generic Xyz monsters there are, the faster the mechanic's going to take off because if anyone was around for when they first introduced synchros, it was very slow because they kept giving us non-generic synchros or just synchros with highly specific effects that you just really, like, why would I use that? Because they were just too situational. It was real clunky. They're doing a better job with Xyz so far. I like to see in this box that they're continuing that. They don't need to give us broken Xyz monsters every box. I would argue the last mini box had better Xyz monsters, but any amount of generic Xyz monsters that they add, I'm happy with. With, regardless of their power level. Especially because they're not adding some of the really bad generic Xyz monsters. They've added a couple over the course of this mechanic so far, but they've so far been actually mostly usable in the boxes. The less usable ones have been in events, so I'm grateful for that. There is one card I noticed that's actually just a rare rarity that I thought was interesting. I wanted to talk about it a touch. Oh yeah? It's a new card for newer players and older players alike, I should say. Konami is starting to do some reprint of cards. They have been for a little bit. The reason for it is actually for your benefit, so you don't have to keep going and digging through obscure boxes to get specific cards. The reprints are almost always, if not always, either related to cards that are in this box or cards that are going to come out soon. It's 100% to your benefit. The reprinted cards aren't taking slot of new cards. Don't worry about that. A lot of people have expressed that they're like, oh, it's just a reprint. But actually it's so you don't have to go digging through a box from 2017 with cards that you basically can't use anymore because the meta's changed like it is for your benefit so there is one card i've noticed that is a r rarity that is coming new to this box it's a trap normal it's called blasting the ruins the effect is you can only activate this card if there are 30 or more cards in your graveyard inflict 3,000 points of damage to your opponent's life point which will probably be hard You think that that's going to be halved? The effect damage, yeah, because they've been doing that with everything. Well, 30 or more cards, the deck limit is 30 cards. This card works best with mill decks, like Sylvans, where you're sending most of your cards to the graveyard to activate Mm, effects. Light Swarns. Light Swarns are a great example. Sylvans are a great example. What's interesting to me, 30 or more cards in your graveyard, the upper limit in Dual Links is 30 cards unless you have a special skill. You want to know the secret? How to get more than 30 in your graveyard? Your extra deck. 
In order to achieve this, you'd need to throw your whole deck. You'd have to basically almost deck out. You have to throw like your extra deck in. It's not easy to affect. So I don't know if they're actually going to have the damage because it's such a sacrifice to get the damage to your opponent's life points. They've nerfed the damage on even more difficult cards already. Really? Okay, I'll give an example. Ghost Trick Werewolf. Its effect literally reads, when this card is flipped face up, the original effect by the way, when this card is flipped face up, inflict 100 damage to your opponent for each set card on the field. Assuming best case scenario, and this is the not nerfed amount, the amount that it deals in Duel Links is 50 for each, right? But let's just say theoretically it wasn't nerfed. In Duel Links, the absolute most, if your opponent has three spell and traps, three monsters, and a field spell all face down, and then you have three spell or traps, a uh, field spell, plus two monsters, that ends up being 12 total. That's 1,200 damage in the best case scenario, right? And that's never going to happen. They're very committed to effect damage is being halved. Konami's not a fan of burn decks. They're really not. So that's why I thought it was kind of fascinating that they decided to release this card. There are rarity, no less. The very interesting thing to go back and look at is that every set since they introduced the Lava Golem nerf, they've added lots of burn cards that would have been alright at the original. I agree, Blasting the Ruins, for how much it takes to do that in Duel Leaks, I think it would have been okay at 3000, mm -hmm. simply because if you manage to win through using Blasting the Ruins in Duel Leaks, you deserve to win. Mm -hmm. I think it takes too much effort to do that. But that can be said about a lot of cards, and I've been thinking about that every set I'll see a card, I'm like, they could have just given us the original effect for this one. Like, there's no way to break this card. You know, there's somewhere it's like, okay, I can imagine a world where this card can be used in a way where it's unintentionally ending games fast. You're not ending games fast with Blasting the Ruins. Mm -hmm. There's no fast way to get 30 cards in your graveyard. And then you still have to do at least a thousand more damage after that. There is two things that interest me in this box. One is that they're introducing to Duel Links the Burning Abyss archetype, which is an archetype that has and still has been for since like 2015, I believe, and still is relevant in the TCG metagame. It hasn't been top tier the whole time, but it's been relevant the whole time. Now, we're not getting a lot of the really good Burning Abyss cards, but just seeing them here, it gives me confidence that we will see more in the future. They're going to be fun to play with regardless. The other thing is this Rika archetype. They're an archetype of plant water monsters, and they all have this sort of princess flower, magical girl sort of look to them. I've read them all, and I think they're going to be fun. Potentially broken with one of the new Xyz monsters. Fairy Knight, I'm not going to bother pronouncing the rest of the name. That's it for the box. Aptly named Antimonic Theory. Not at all related to Antinomy. And not at all trying to sound like Atomic Theory. Not at all. Not at all. There's no no puns, no alliteration there at all. The last thing I just wanted to say is that I will be doing a entire box review on my own after this. So check out HR Forge's channel after this drops to get more in-depth onto the new box. Exactly. So if you're interested in me talking over every single card in-depth in high detail... How you can use it, how it's going to be good... Is it possibly broken? Go to HR Forge's channel. 
Yes, and fair warning, if it's anything like my last box review video, it will be over an hour. And there's nothing I can do about that because I go very in-depth. And if that's something you want to see, check it out on my channel at HR Forges on YouTube. It will be up at the exact same type as this. Bring the popcorn, get a drink. You could also treat it as a podcast if you want to, even though there will be visuals, but that's totally up to you. Enough shilling. Now let's get on to wrapping up and talking about the ban list which has just dropped, important for viewers to know. The key thing is, and I think we mentioned earlier, that this ban list doesn't go into effect until March 9th. I believe that's for American days, so that should be for the majority of the world, just because of how time zones are. By the time that this podcast drops, you'll still have a solid week, maybe week and a half, before it goes into effect. And honestly, there's only one deck that's affected by it. Let's just be frank, like this is just fair warning. Typically after KC Cups, a ban list drops. That's just the way Konami does it. It's not totally shocking. We expected it. It's just that we didn't have any idea on what day it would come, but we knew it would come. Let's go over the ban list so that way our viewers and listeners can be prepared for March in general. March Madness. <laughs> Any listeners who are newer to Duel Links but aren't new to Yu-Gi-Oh! in general, like they've played a lot of the physical card game and they're used to ban list there, you've probably already noticed by now that like if a card's at one, you can only play one copy of any card at one, you can't play multiple one-offs. You've probably already noticed that, but something you might not have noticed is that Konami, every time they put out a ban list, they actually also have a brief description on why the card is banned, which is very... I, I like the insight personally. I don't know about you, Rana, but I think it's the transparency is good. Despite what the ban list does to any decks or anything like that, at least they tell you why they did it. They don't do that in the TCG. They just put out a ban list and then like... Sorry, you spent hundreds of dollars on physical copies of this card. You can't use it now. The problem with the physical game is just... It's a problem of sometimes they'll hit something and you look at it and you're like... But that wasn't the problem. Like, you know what I mean? At least here, they're saying, hey, we're doing it for this reason. Sometimes they miss the mark, but at least they tell you why, and you can understand why they missed the mark. Whereas in the TCG, you just have to guess why they did the wrong thing. <laughs> Let's talk about the specific deck that's been hit this ban list. Kind of too. The main one. So as far as the cards go, only one deck was hit. And if you don't know which deck that is, it's the coin flip Desperado. Not shocking. What they did was they put Misjudge and Head Judging to two. That combined with Cup of Ace at two means you can't play all three of those cards. You can play any combination of two, or you can play two copies of one, but you can't play all three. But they also hit that deck by changing how the skill works. The change they made to that is that you skip your first draw phase. So if you're going first, you're not going to get a draw on your second turn. Or if you're going second, you're going to get a draw on your first turn. So they really hammered that deck into the ground. The only other current deck that is negatively affected would be any Aramage deck using balance. No! I use Aramage with balance! No! To be honest, most people do. Affects Aramage, but you can still play with balance. The only thing changed is that you can't special summon or activate monster effects until the end of your main phase. For real? Of your first turn. The thing is, is Aramage is still playable, it's just that you, you can't... I'm sad now. Usually the biggest thing is, is you can't get the Jasmine draw. 
That's the main difference, really. That's a big part of it. Oh man, I'm I'm upset. But no, I I noticed something, right? It actually fixes a problem that Aramages kind of have. I don't remember the name of it. You're just trying to make me feel better. Yeah, I am. You know the level four that changes battle positions when you gain life? Uh-huh. I don't remember the name. That one, it's a mandatory effect. If you summon it and then gain life points, you have to switch it to defense if your opponent doesn't have anything. But with this change, you're not forced to change its battle position. So, like, it has a small sliver of good in it. Thanks for trying to comfort me, but I'm still sad. I typically don't care when these ban lists come out because they don't really affect me, but now I'm sad and now I under now I can empathize with you fellow viewers how you must feel when a beloved deck has been hit by the dreaded ban list. I didn't think that era matches. You know, I really honestly thought that Blue Eyes was going to get hit. I was I was going to bet money on it and they decided that nope, fuck you Aramage. Damn. The thing to be noted about that change to balance is they didn't do it specifically for Aramages. The reason why they did it is because they wanted to... That change they made to balance, they did that same thing to a number of skills that affect what's in your hand at the start of the duel. So the other skills that got the exact same change was Restart, Spell Specialist, Trap Layer and my monster cards, as well as Heavy Starter. But out of all of them, one of them got other changes, which was Restart. Restart actually got some of its previous nerfs taken away. What Restart does now is that you uh, shuffle your hand back, but you draw one less card, and you can't special summon or activate monster effects, like I said, until the end of your main phase. But all of those other restrictions of like seven monster, seven uh, spell, seven traps, no longer a problem. And, and you're not skipping your draw either. That's the other nerf they got rid of. I'm reeling from this. I'm not going to lie. They're still perfectly playable. You don't have to placate me. I will have to mourn on my own time <laughs> while I'm editing. <sighs> so that's fair. The reason they said that they made these changes was specifically because the game's getting faster. And so having skills that facilitate decks getting an almost guarantee of winning was a bit overpowered. And I think that's perfectly fair. Yeah. It's not about it being fair. It's just about my heart being broken. That's really what it comes to. And I'll just mourn. Well, they're going to mend that at the end of the month. That's true. That's fair. I think that's a fair trade, don't you think? I do, in fact, think that is a fair trade. It, it hurts a little. hurts just a little bit. But... <laughs> It's the whole Thanos meme of, we finally got Duke Devlin in, in Duel Links, but what did it cost? Well, I don't think it's quite that extreme. I'm just imagining it's like, at what cost, but instead of Thanos, it's you <laughs> mourning your Aramages. It's like, oh, I can't play it the same anymore. Well, I just have to adapt, I guess. You'll survive. Oh, goodbye, old Aramage ways. On to brighter and greener pastures. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening to us today geek out over all of the changes and for being patient for our episode. Like we had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we only wanted to give you quality content, and it just didn't make sense to us to put out an episode when there really wasn't much to report on, nothing leaked. But now, March Madness is coming, so here we are, <laughs> bringing sexy back. Remember to subscribe to all our socials. Remember to like, to share, tell your friends. 
And also reach out to us. We have a website now, drawsensepodcast.com. You can meet us and our meme selves. Feel free to send us a message on Facebook, tweet at us, send us an email, whatever you want to do. I don't care if you say, like, I hate you, like, <laughs> thank you for recognizing us. Like Rhino said, you can actually find all the places that we're at through our website, drawsensepodcast.com. If you're worried about, you know, not knowing, not remembering the exact place to find us on, on different platforms, just go to our website. It's very, it's very easy to find yeah, us Yeah, very there. easy to we've got a whole tab on where you can listen we've got all the places you can follow and contact us you can even go to our little meet the podcasters tab and learn about more about us if that's your thing you can chuckle for five seconds and then continue about your life yeah exactly i mean it's great there's so much there that i spent hours making perfect so please make my efforts not go in me <laughs> Please do it for Rana. I'm scared for my life. <laughs> no, don't be scared for your life. I do most of the editing. I do most of, like... The... That's why I'm scared for my HR life. HR just does most of, the, like, the news hunting and the knowledge. So this is... The Australianisms. I do a lot of the behind-the-scenes things. So please make my efforts not in vain. Anyway... Thank you very much for listening, and we're very excited to be putting this out to you, listeners. We are hoping that next time that we are on the air, we will have even more news that we can share with you, and anticipation for some of the things coming up, like Duke Devlin. Yes. I think just based off of timeline-wise, I think you'll most likely see us talking about the level-up rewards of Antinomi, because we'll have them by the next podcast. And as well as how we're feeling about the new box and actually having played with the cards. Uh, I think that's probably what you'll hear about. Um, and then, you know, unless any additional leaks or news come yep. up. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us this week and we will be seeing you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.